chapter 14, 1 Kings chapter 14. I know I don't preach from the Old Testament that often. It's not that I don't like it. It's just the way that I guess God leads me. And I know there's a few other preachers that seem like some of them preach almost exclusively from the Old Testament, some from New and some both. I do occasionally go back to the Old Testament. 1 Kings chapter 14 verse 21 Now as you are turning there, and we'll read our text, I'm going to give you a little backstory on what all brought us to this point of 1 Kings, and I'm going to preach to you just a short message. It's just a simple thought. 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 21. Is everybody there? And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Nehemiah and Ammonitus. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them in high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also Sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He even took away all. You know, all covers all. And he took away the shields of gold which Solomon had made. And King Rehoboam made in their steed brazen shields and committed them into the hands of the chief of the guard which kept the door of the king's house. And it was so when the king went into the house of the Lord that the guard bare them and brought them back into the guard chamber. Father, we thank you again. God, I know I've already prayed, but Lord, I've never read in your Bible where we can pray too much. So Lord, please take over for me this morning. I need you, Holy Spirit, like always. I need you as much today as I ever have. In your name we pray, amen. Now, just to give you a little, like I said, backdrop here. Solomon had two sons, he had more, but two particular, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Jeroboam went on a, journey for King Solomon he went on a, he was a messenger and he went and the prophet met him and told him that he would be over ten of the tribes of Israel now understand uh, at this time when David was set up as king and then Solomon all the twelve tribes of Israel were under one kingdom, you've heard some of you perhaps the divided kingdom that's what I'm getting ready to explain to you so uh, even when they were together, they were still fighting amongst each other. From the time the 12 tribes of Israel came, they were constantly fighting and arguing back and forth about different things. It was nothing new. And so um, when David was king, he managed to bring as much peace as I think could possibly be brought to that time. Solomon became king. They were still fighting and so when Solomon got word that 
Jeroboam was going to reign over 10 of the tribes, Solomon sought to kill him. So he had to run, he had to flee. And Solomon dies, and sure enough, as Rehoboam became king, uh, they had, Solomon had taxed the people so greatly. And Jeroboam said, you need to lower the tax. He's, you're taxing the people to death. Boy, that sounds familiar, don't it? And um, Jeroboam says, or I'm sorry, Rehoboam says, no, I think the tax is just fine. We're going to leave things the way they are. So 10 of the tribes broke off and made Jeroboam their king, and the other two went with Rehoboam. They said, we don't care to pay the taxes. You're doing a good job. So you, then you had a divided kingdom. And you had the ten tribes to the north, the two tribes to the south. I believe it's north ten to the north and south. And in five years of Rehoboam being king, I just read to you, in five years, the king of Israel came up, defeated him, and took all the gold out of the temple. Now you must understand, Solomon was probably and still yet today was considered the wealthiest king, maybe person that's ever walked the face of the earth. He had more gold, more riches than you can possibly imagine. It was phenomenal at the riches Solomon had. It was, it was just mind-blowing. Jerusalem was probably at that time the wealthiest country, including America, that's ever been on the face of the earth. But in five years of the divided kingdom, they went from that to this mediocre. And the reason being was because of their sins. Their sins had separated them from God. Their sins had done things. And church, in our life, our sins will cause us so much heartache and trouble and pain. And there's times, and I've said this before recently, that we want to try to call our sins something else to make it more acceptable in our mind, me included. We want to try to minimize things and, and justify it when in reality God is saying, I'm not pleased with it. And here is, here is the difference. Some of you sitting here this morning, I wonder if sin bothers you very much. And let me explain something to you. If you want God's blessings on your life, you need to get as much sin out of your life as you possibly can. Deliberate, willful sin. You say, preacher, I'm doing pretty good. My bills are paid. We're all healthy and all this stuff. And that, and that all may be true. But you're missing the point of God's blessings. You must understand that one day we will die and stand before Jesus Christ and will answer for the account that we gave of ourselves as a Christian. And you must realize the seriousness of that day. Uh, I said this Sunday night, and I'm going to go ahead and, and make a ugly, uh, I really petition people to come back Sunday night and support Justin preaching his first message. And I'll be honest with you, church, I was a little bit disappointed. Out your amen, whichever category you fall in. And we don't see and recognize what the real blessings of God is. In America, we have gotten the blessings of God mixed up with a nice checking account, a fat savings account, a nice house, a nice car, nice clothes, everything good. That is not, 
Yes, that's all comes from God and it's a blessing of God and thank God for all of it. But church, that is not what I'm preaching about this morning. What about some peace? What about some assurance? What about being willing and able when God calls on you to do something or tell somebody about Jesus, you're available. What about being willing and able when some stranger calls you on the phone and you have no clue who it is and they say, I got the wrong number and you say, no, let me tell you about Jesus. So much of the time, we're not in the right place to do that. And it's because of our sin. Your sin may not be sodomy as this was, but our land sure is full of it. But our sins will keep us from God. So let me give you three points. And I'm going to preach you just for a few minutes and we'll be done. Number one, your sin will take God's golden blessings out of your life. Now understand something. Solomon had shields made of gold. As far as using for battle, they were useless. They were not for battle. They were for decorations. They were something to look at and honor. Do you understand? I did read the number of them that was, that was there, but I, I forgot. I should have wrote it down. And anyway, uh, he had a number of large shields and smaller shields, and they, were, they hung in the walls of the palace there in the, in the, in the castle at all times. They were there on display, and they were there for people to look at and remember and see what God had done the blessings God brought them up out of Egypt, how God had made them a nation, a mighty nation, a strong nation, and had blessed them with the blessings in the presence of God and given, and given them a special blessing on their life if they would honor God, do what he said. He would protect them and all these things. And yet because of their sin, they went from a golden uh, uh, shields hanging on the wall to, to, to Rehoboam made them out of brass and hid them in a closet somewhere and only when he came by would the captain of the guard bring them out and set them out on display. One of the things sin brings in our life is fear. Overwhelming fear. And sometimes I'm going to I mean, I'm going, I'm going to be a little personal with you just for a minute. There's times in my life that I may not get caught when I've done something. Nobody may know. But man, my God sure knows. My conscience sure knows. And I'm remorseful. And I'm not proud of it. And I'm embarrassed and ashamed. And I tell God I'm sorry and I try to make it right with God and, and do what's right and not repeat things and, and try to get it right because... I want the golden blessings of God, not the brass. There's times in the Bible brass can mean judgment. And you bring a golden shield out in the sun and a brass sealed out in the sun and you shine them both and they'll both reflect the sun and shine. But only one of them is real gold. Only one of them is really there. And so you and I must realize our sins will take the golden blessings. You might have brazen blessings, but I want the golden blessings of God. I don't want brass. Number two, he said in verse 26, I'll read this. He said, he took away the treasure of the house of the Lord and the treasure of the king's house. He took away all. He took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. You know, another thing is it'll take away the golden, God's, to take away God's golden backing. 
Let me explain to you what I mean real briefly. In our lives, whether you want to realize this or not, you and I, if we're saved, we're under constant attack. Constant. Now, every day is not a battle. As John said, he had a good week, and there's weeks that are like that. I have days strung together that they're great, they're fabulous, and I have days it's like, will this nightmare ever end? But as long as we're allowing sin in our life, you won't have God's golden backing upon you. In other words, His protection, His plan for you will be broken because your sin has separated you and God and your, His protection of you. You were things, you saying, preacher, you say if I do everything God tells me to do, nothing bad will happen? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is a lot of times in our life, our sins bring more pain, heartache, and misery in our lives than what could be there. There's times God allowed things to happen. I just read to you that a God allowed Egypt, now the Pharaoh of Egypt, to come up to his own house, what was considered the house of the Lord, and take the golden shields out. And he took all, the Bible says. Why? Because the sins of the people had lost the protection of God. He didn't back them. Country, we're going to start seeing the backing of God disappear. I don't know when the rapture will take place. I think it's still a year or two off. I wished it was today. I'll be quite honest with you. But as for whatever time is left, I think we're going to see backing leaving this country we've seen some and I'm afraid that the hammer is getting ready to fall I don't mean to preach doom and gloom thank God for his blessings and protection his mercy because I'll tell you God will still be there for us he will not let you down so they lost the golden protection of God's backing you know the reason I think the Bible mentions gold and why I think Holy Spirit led me to make these points gold is because it is the most valuable metal on the face of the earth. Number three. And it was so when the king went into the house, verse 28. Let me back up to verse 27. And King Rehoboam made in their steed brazen seals and committed them into the hands of the chief of the guard which kept the door of the king's house. And it was so when the king went into the house of the Lord that the guard bare them, brought them back into the guard chamber. Number three, it'll take God's golden bravery off of you as well. There's times you have to be bold to stand up for the Lord. And if there's sin in your life, that boldness won't be there. It'll be gone. It won't happen. Because of your conscience. I could, I'll tell you a story from other people. There was a preacher I listened to this week a couple nights. And he said that he, him and his wife went in somewhere to eat. They came out and there was someone sitting there and he went for a trike and he didn't have it. He said God was telling him to give him a trike. He said I literally ran to the Jeep to get a trike to give this guy so when I got back he was gone. 
And his, and his next statement was, he said, you got to be locked and loaded. you got to be ready at all times. Ready to be bold for Jesus. Can God call on you to be bold for him or is the sin separated you and God to the point that you don't have the golden boldness that you need? Are you too embarrassed? Are you too ashamed? Are you too afraid? Times you might be in a crowd of people and God will call on you or want to call on you to witness and you can't because your sins have separated you and God. You see, what kind of sins, preacher? Prayerlessness? You know that's a sin? Not reading your Bible? You know that's a sin? Not coming to church? Not tithing? You know our tithes has went way down? I'd be afraid not to tithe. God can take everything you've got in the snap of a finger. How brave are you for Jesus? Is there enough of Jesus in you to stand up for him when he needs you to? Too much of the time, we're like these people right here. If you look at a list of the kings of the north and kings of the south, kings of, I think, if I'm wrong, you correct me here. I'm believing, if I'm right, the kings of the north, all of them, or south, all of them were bad. Probably any of them was any good at all. The other line, they had a few good ones. And they suffered tremendously because of that. The people did. The country did. I wonder how much I'm putting me in this statement, put me right on front because I'm the pastor. I have a lot of responsibilities. Sometimes I probably don't measure up to like I should. But I wonder this morning how many of us, because of our sins, has brought brass into the church when it could be gold. God's wanting to bless you, bless this church, bless me and everybody else, and he can't like he wants to because we've allowed our sins to take away the gold of our lives. And we try to replace it with brass and say, well, that's good enough. And it's not. It won't work. I want to quote Justin, and I'm pretty much done. He made a statement up there at church camp in the bunkhouse that was wise beyond his years. We was talking about announcing his call to preach. He said, I don't want to be a preacher or a Christian. But somebody looks at me one day and says, because of you, I'm in hell. That should, you're how old? Say it loud. 14 years old that should resonate with you and I Amen. 
How many of us worry about somebody dying and going to hell because of what we did or didn't do? Is, is your spiritual house got brazen shields or does it have the shields? Is it ever run with the Egyptians? You know what the Egyptians is always a sign of in the Bible? Sin. Every time. Sin took their blessings and they replaced it with the with symbolism of the judgment of God in brass. Revelation chapter 1 one of only two, I say three descriptions of Jesus in the Bible. You've all heard me say this. If you haven't remembered it, you will for long. Revelations 1, Isaiah 53, Psalms 22. Does anybody know what Psalms 22 and Isaiah 53 is? You can say it if you know it. Descriptions of the crucifixion. Revelations 1, it says his hair like wool, his eyes like fire, and his feet is in brass in a fire. See, that's judgment. I don't know about you. I don't need or want the judgment of God in my life. I need the grace, mercy, and the power of God in my life. That's what I want. And the only way that's going to happen is if you and I are willing to call our sin, sin, recognizes that, quit living for ourselves and live for Jesus Christ. Spiritual house is going to be in the closet, your brazen shields, rather than having the gold of God blessed all around you. This is something I want in my life. Have you ever talked to someone or hear someone get up and pray and preach that the power of God is so strong that it's just undeniable? That's what I want in my life. There's only one way I'm going to get it. There's no shortcuts. There's no back doors. And I love what Brother Cody says. Yes, you're not going to stumble into a relationship with God. It's going to be willful and deliberate. You can go ahead and excommunicate that. We're going to pray now, Facebook. If you'd like to pray, you join us. I'm going to prayer.